It's time for a slice of humble pie. Ah, let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going wheel to wheel as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! My favourite flavour, like humble flavour. Yeah. Mm, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to be embarrassed. <laughs> I, I mean, I normally cringe at myself. <laughs> I hate listening back. I hate listening back on a normal day. And the fact that now I'm going to be listening to myself <laughs> probably making stupid predictions. Exactly. Why, why is it that we hate listening to ourselves back? It's a bit like also whenever I have my picture taken. I just, oh, mm. no, 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 no. And I was just listening to myself, but mm, do I really sound like that? Am I? <laughs> Why does anyone listen to me? Um, exactly. <laughs> but please, of course, do listen and carry yes. on listening to F1 in review. <laughs> I hasten to add. <laughs> yeah, if you got this far. Indeed, indeed. I mean, for those who are confused by what we're talking about, we're garbling essentially about the fact that this is the final episode of F1 in review for the 2021 season. And we thought, why not take a trip down memory lane and go all the way back to the 20th of March 2021 when testing had just been completed and listen back to some of our predictions about what we thought would uh, happen this season and I have a feeling that we probably haven't got them all wrong there probably are some right ones but we went into this season of Formula One with different expectations I'd say to how things turned out but um We'll let a uh, former us do the talking on this one, shall we say? It's important to say that we we will be back. This is the final episode before our little holiday away from mm. uh, the the recordings. So it's a good one to get all embarrassed about. So we have somewhere to hide for a few weeks. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get started going down our old trip of memory lane. I'm so hyped for Aston Martin versus McLaren. Oh, it's going to be so good to watch. Ricardo versus Vettel. Norris versus Stroll. Yeah, I suppose that's sort of a battle, isn't it? Old versus old, young versus young. So we've got some fantastic things, I think, this season. And I, I well, I, I just I just can't wait. Can you not wait, old me? Oh, you couldn't wait. You were, bless him, he was so excited. He had no idea as well about what the actual battles would be. And the fact that none of us actually was like, hang on. You know, Aston Martin aren't going to do very well because we all were under the illusion that Aston Martin would be firing on all cylinders, as was mm. Racing Point in the season prior, which shows just how disappointing they've been this season. Yeah, you know, I, I, was, I was suspecting that there was going to be a big change um, for Aston Martin. I, I And what I didn't realise is how backwards they would go, basically because of the underfloor changes. So it, it sounds really silly now, but but back then I was still rolling off the 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 notion that Mercedes would be really dominant, and therefore so would uh, so would uh, Aston Martin. And but alas, I was a, a little bit wrong. I think yeah, I don't blame you for it, but I obviously now hearing that big battles between Aston and McLaren, mm, I can completely see why you're saying looking at the year before, but obviously and sadly that's not what we saw this year. And I think as well the way you were talking about that, it seems almost as if. You were, you were thinking about that for third place, but little did we know that that would actually be yeah. not even either of them at all, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. Um, so we can't judge you too hard, Tristan, but I think a good mm. one to start with there. 
and the battles themselves make sense. You know, Norris and Stroll being of the same age, and Ricardo and uh, Vettel being in the sport for so long. Mm. It was all correct on paper, but as the old cliche goes, sport isn't played on paper, is it? So, yeah. I'm Ooh. still ho- hopeful for for the upcoming season that we might get a, a, an Aston Martin on form and and McLaren as well. But it just, it, you know, if if at the time I think we were all expecting Mercedes to be super duper dominant. And the regulation change that came in this year screwed over Aston Martin and, and really impacted Mercedes. So I suppose we should have, I should have kind of guessed that if the, the, there would be these rule changes to the the, um, the cars like Mercedes, like um, the Racing Point or the Aston Martins as they are now with that low rake, then yeah, they, they weren't going to do so well. But hey, ever the optimist for the future and, you know, maybe next year we'll see um, Aston Martin versus McLaren. It's, it's a good sound to that battle mm. at, at the very least. Yeah, straight up. Definitely. I've done a little happy face on my notes for the ones that oh, I've forgotten about your happy well, face and, and sad, sad face. For the ones mm-hmm. I think have done badly. Um, so I just thought so I'd pure. start by saying, yeah, Alpha Tauri, absolutely big smiley face. Ooh. Big smile they face. are looking really, really good this yeah. year, oh. and with with Gasly, who's continued to be superb throughout last that's, year, that's and now, wow, Yuki Tsunoda, like yes, it was just one test, but he is not afraid to absolutely push it. So <laughs> I'm really, really excited to see what he'll do. He's not. <laughs> He's not afraid to push it, guys. <laughs> oh God. Do you know what though? That his testing was fantastic, wasn't it? It really was. It was. It was. It was super it duper was. fast. Just. Where, what what happened to the boy? I mean, he did push it. Unfortunately, it was mostly pushing into <laughs> other drivers and other walls. <laughs> this is what I was about to say. Like when I said he pushed, he's going to push the AlphaTauri really hard. I wasn't wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but just not quite in, a, in the successful way you'd hope. If you think of the number of incidents and get and you know getting in the way of Max and all of those bits and bobs that happened and damage to the car, but. Yeah, what a shame. I'm I'm not I'm not gutted about my prediction. I'm not too embarrassed about that one because I think, you know, Pierre continued to smash it and I just think I I expected a bit too much of Yuki. I we all did, given the testing performance. I think we just thought this could be something else. And I mean to be fair, Alpha Tauri is a car, I'd say they're far better than sixth place. It was largely the fact that Sonoda being in the second seat versus mm. someone like I'd argue Daniel Kvyat, who's, you know, by no means an excellent Formula One driver, but someone who's rather consistent. There's a case to be made that if they'd have kept him, I you know, maybe they could have overtaken Alpine, I don't know. Yeah, I perhaps and but Liv the, the question I really want to ask is um Alpha Tauri does it still deserve its big smiley face yes of course I I I love listening about that my smiley faces um I you know what I think that in the grand scheme of things they do get a smiley face this year I think you know we did our episode last um last week or two about the best and the worst and I don't think we had awful things to say about AlphaTauri compared to some of the other teams, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them with their smiley face. We'll have to see what what my what my thoughts are after testing this year, mm. um, whether they whether they are get an, get another smiley or they're demoted <laughs> to uh, a sad face. But we'll we'll find out. But no, I'm happy with the general prediction, but it's kind of slightly comical the the exact wording i used especially with <laughs> my bold shout is that has formula 1 as itself will not exist next year Ooh. yes I, I i agree well well and i actually like to note there that i heard tristan say yes yes i agree mm. I, I still i still think has is not going to last much longer to be fair i think the general sentiment was right 
the general sentiment of Haas is on decline and Gene will sell the team is right, but I think I was very naive in thinking, oh, they'll just have one bad season and pack it in. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's not an awful prediction, just the timescale is horribly off. Well, I think what, what, what the prediction was is they wouldn't have a team going into 2022, um, which still, in my head, makes the most sense, right? You, you run it to the end of the regulations, you sell the team off with the prospect of the rule um, shake-up, and given that we know that other... Uh, manufacturers are getting interested in joining um uh, such as like audi mm. then it, it's not that bizarre also do you remember the, the whole rich energy thing as well with the uh <laughs> yeah. ceo of rich Never energy forget. being like oh i've got i'm gonna have like a partnership with the um with a formula one team going into 2022 and, and 2023 mm. or whenever it's supposed to be so we're riding off the back of of Hass's fall to the back, and uh, it, it's such a shame for the team though that they are they are where they are right now. Because um, I've been watching a lot of older races recently, and you know, going back to 2016, 2017, and um, at least we forget that Hass used to at one well at one point at Bahrain, Hass were in third place. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember that yep. scenario? Um, they really... I, I literally don't. <laughs> I think I must have erased it. Yeah, and um, they they didn't get in third place in the end. Um, they were they were overtaken. But the point was is that there was a point where Haas was competitive enough that they could take advantage of opportunities and get to the front. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they have just been stepping backwards and backwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where this this rumor that they were going to be leaving um, comes from. I still think they're going to leave. Yeah. I I think ge- genuinely. Gene Haas has had enough of, of Formula One. He can, he kind of wanted that glory that um that 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 has come to names such as you know Bruce McLaren or Frank Williams, and thought, tell you what, let's have the old Haas name on there as well. And it kind of hasn't that hasn't planned out, and it's, instead he's been a bit of a joke. Yeah, and it, it may just be the sort of magic of Drive to Survive, but every single year you see an increasingly frustrated Haas team, and particularly uh, a Gunter Steiner with that. And um, it just gave you the impression that it was all you know, falling apart at the seams and both drivers leaving. It did give a good impression considering the team had been one collegiate for so long. So... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that um, Mick Schumacher's there for the long term. He's now the reserve driver of Ferrari, which can only mean one thing. He's eventually going to go there. He's not going to be Haas property forever. And then you've got uh, Nikita Mazepin, which was said so many times, he's only there for his money. Um, And I can see, as we said before, you'll see Mr. Mazepin go over to Gene Haas and Gene will go, Cut my losses. I'll 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 sell the team over. Really, I think it's a matter of time. I'll start with we'll start with Angus's predictions. He thinks that the champion is going to be Lewis. He thinks okay. that the constructors is going to be Mercedes. They're going to win. Okay. Rookie of the year, Sonoda. Biggest surprise, Norris against Ricardo. Biggest oh. letdown, <laughs> Alpine and Alonso. Ooh, mm, no, not Alonso fan there, eh, uh, Angus. And number of race winners, six. Spot uh, on. Um, and a bold <laughs> prediction. So I mean, this is when the klaxon goes off. Um, there isn't going to be a klaxon. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, <laughs> bold <laughs> prediction. Perez to outscore Max. Oh, that is Way! a bold prediction. That is a very yes. bold prediction. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. <laughs> very bold, oh. Angus. I still want the bold prediction klaxon. Why didn't I edit that <laughs> in at the time? Oh, that's, just, that's such a shame. Uh, Honestly... Wow, okay. I wish he was here to defend himself, truly. I mean, is that defendable? <laughs> but 
I don't know. I, th- I don't think it is. Because <laughs> even even before we knew what Max was cap- could do this year, I think it, it's quite clear his dominance in the team. But, you know, he made the... Pre- it was meant to be a bold prediction and that, that he was. He ticked that box, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, we, we were saying only last episode that um, we all knew that Perez wasn't going to be fighting with Hamilton and Max, but mm. none of us at that point weren't Angus. I know you're not here in this uh, episode of F1 in Review, but... What are you talking about, fella? Um, which is quite remarkable, really. And I suppose, going back to last episode, it shows how highly a lot of us rated Perez and thought of him, really, coming going into the season at the very least. I've got, I think, you know, we've yet to listen to the rest, but I do. I think that that, that bold prediction was certainly the, the boldest prediction from that episode that I can remember. So let's look, keep listening and see what if we can say anything more embarrassing than that sorry <laughs> angus <laughs> he's not here so it's, it's fine if we just say angus angus got the most wrong it's like the six the six winners though before we yeah. run away something else i what thought there was going to be four yep. i just i can't believe we had so many i mean I, the best bit about ocon's win um is the fact that they they put on his like um i'm a race winner sort of like mini um clip on the on all the screens and clearly there are some drivers that believe they're going to win a race in the year and there are other drivers who film that little like i'm a race winner clip for formula one thinking oh, this is never going to happen because ocon's is so funny mm. he like pulls out like he does like little pistol things with his hands and then points down at his crotch <laughs> and it's like oh my goodness like i wonder what mazapins is mazapins oh, is God. i don't know him running into a club or something <laughs> no i th- i think he was he was spot on you know with with that six the six winners thing and i i said five i seem to remember and i remember thinking that i i remember something something like oh i really liked six but i just don't think that's ever gonna happen um and obviously we had we were blessed with you know another you know it was similar to the year before we we couldn't quite believe how many random race winners there were and i think this this actually didn't disappoint it mean quite similar so good one from angus he's slightly forgiven for being there. absolutely yeah. spot on with his race with his, with his race winners yeah <laughs> shall we keep listening let's however i would like to point out you can put it on record i think it, i can i was gonna say guarantee you don't say that <laughs> i think <laughs> i think that it will be closer between first and second than it was last year. That's all I'm saying. That's bold. I no, I am. But I think I don't think that Mercedes will or Lewis it will beat the gap that he had last year. I think it'll be closer. I think the Red Bull is looking good, and I think yep. that the Mercedes, whether it's a lie or not, is looking a tiny bit sketchy. It will still be a race winner. Let's face it, Lewis, Lewis will still win. But let's let's I'm predicting a closer fight for the both championships. I'm saying it right here, right now. My goodness. On the money, mate. On the money. <laughs> wow. Well done. Christ. I mean, I've, it, no, none of us thought it was going to be zero points, though, difference coming down to the last race. No, yeah. exactly. I, I definitely wasn't thinking it would be that close. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm going to take credit for that being a win from me. I said it would be close. It bloody was. <laughs> I enjoy the fact that you um, said, um, oh, you know, this, this is on the record. It's going to be closer. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fairness, it couldn't be very much further away from what it was um, in 2020. Truth. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Honestly, yeah, it was, it was obviously, I think it the way I, the way that I was saying it, I think we all hoped looking back at the start, we, we just really, really wanted a close season where we would be waiting to see, you know, who would be champion or we, it would be, um, 
you know more exciting when it came down to the championships because we have seen obviously in previous years it'd be won so far in advance by by mercedes and by lewis so I, it was almost a hope mm. i think but obviously that part was quite, wasn't wasn't too bad i'm quite pleased with that one um i'm sure i'll go on to say something stupid though <laughs> Do you think it will be as close in the upcoming season? Not as close as this, I don't think. Well, no, no. I don't think but in history, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, certainly for a number of years, it won't be, I mean, you never know, but tied. I don't want to say anything now in case we go back and listen to it in a, few, <laughs> in a year's I don't, time. I don't think it's going to be tied, but it get, like, no. if you imagine this season, you know, ignoring this result from, do you think, do you think we're going to go back to the the days of first being you know an absolute off in the distance winner with second being closer to third maybe or do you think do you are you optimistic now that the the pack will be closer i'm asking you Liv, really because you seem to have a, a sixth sense for this she sort knows. of um, prediction apparently i do <laughs> apparently i do um well <laughs> i'm going to say that maybe there'll be it will be. They won't be as close for the title, obviously, because that was crazy close. I think they'll. Those two will still be, obviously, the main two. But I'm gonna say in my amazing magic <laughs> brain that the um the third and fourth and all of those guys placed teams or drivers will be slightly closer to the first and second place drivers than they were this year. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. That's my prediction. And we, we have, we're not even doing our proper predictions now, so don't put me on the spot. It's not <laughs> on the record. Don't worry, Liv. This it's one's not on the record. Yeah. Time not apart from all the people listening. <laughs> 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 um, I think that McLaren, this wasn't one of the things listed, but I think McLaren will win a race. That's McLaren Ooh, will win a race. Yes. I think oh. that... My bold prediction that you've all gasped at earlier is that AlphaTauri will beat Ferrari. And that is... Ah, oh, no. no. Okay, I'm going to have no, to no, stop no. that for a second and, and and grovel over what I just said. Um, you always start with the good look, bit, the McLaren. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, let's, let's quickly note that I did predict McLaren were going to race. That's everyone, brownie points there. But I need... The reason I'm saying that is because... Quick jump ahead. Um... Yeah, AlphaTauri did not beat Ferrari by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, so that was third versus sixth in the constructors, mm. which is not even close. Um, but you know what? I, I thought I believed it at the time. I do. I, I think I, I, I was thinking like as I heard about what, why, what would have made me think that. And I do think that when we look back at the end of last year, Ferrari really were not in a good place. Yeah. Um, they they just weren't in 2020 and i think that was obviously quite a common like discussion that we'd had throughout the year and obviously i, I can't remember the results of testing but i'm sh i'm sure perhaps it, it mirrored a sort of similar kind of issue i think actually i feel like carlos Sainz got third randomly on one day in testing but generally it must have mirrored what i'd expected and what i'd seen in 2020 uh, 2020 so i reckon that came from seeing the speed and the you know aggression of Yuki and of Pierre and seeing perhaps the disappointment of the Ferrari car, not the drivers, mm. um, that made me say that. But obviously now it's it's very I mean, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I'm sorry. going out of the 2020 season to 21, it's not that much of an outrageous prediction. So I remember way back when we yeah. were discussing whether AlphaTauri could beat Ferrari and come into that season, there was only 24 points between those two. So... 
the idea that with no regulation changes and that with Sonoda and Gasly doing very well in testing and Ferrari being quite average, there was the suggestion that um, they could have actually beaten Ferrari if the same trend from 2020 would have continued. I, I remember, I think I was the first one to go and hint at it and we thought, no, surely not, surely not. But then the gap kept closing. So, I mean, now, of course, we're laughing at it because it is outrageous knowing what we know now but going into the season it's you know it's not it's not complete pie in the sky thank you i appreciate that i'm you know i've to be fair um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna believe you too too much for uh, predicting that 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 ferrari wasn't gonna be doing very well at all that they were just so so bad in 2020 they were awful so bad you know let's not forget that it was the worst it was like the worst season for ferrari since time began or something ridiculous it was it was awful we'd, we'd literally just they only got three podiums yeah you know uh, both drivers yeah it was like their lowest points they'd been beaten by you know everyone under the sun they'd fallen so far from grace from 2019 when you know Vettel was supposedly you know, challenging hamilton <laughs> uh, if you look at the Formula One games um, in like 2019, it's like Vettel and Lewis Hamilton on the front cover, and then Vettel just disappears, and Ferrari sort of just biz. Oh, no more of that, you know. Um, <laughs> you can kind of see who's doing well by the games. See, um, so yeah. It, to be fair, they were just awful, um, and no one could possibly predict that they were going to come to this season um, with it with you know such a turnaround. So. I, I kind of put laying my defence um, early, I think, because uh, I, I seem to know what I predict later on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I think the biggest letdown of them all is going to be Ferrari. <laughs> um, just because I don't think Ferrari's made particular gains. I don't think... I think science is going to have a hard time getting it, uh, getting the car to to a position where they'd be truly proud of so i think it's going to be a bit of a letdown yet again well if again this this goes very nicely into mm. what we've just discussed mm. with mine it it wasn't unreasonable at the time of recording is what we're gonna say <laughs> no actually i i think i the thing i get most uh what i think is really interesting is how how wrong i got it with science because I, yeah. I say this. I don't. I didn't think science was going up to speed. I didn't actually, because the Ferrari and the McLaren are such different cars. I expected him to struggle, but the lad's gone from car to car to car. He gone Toro Rosso, Renault, McLaren, and then he was going to go to Ferrari. He he just maybe it's because he hasn't got used to any cars. He seems to be able to jump into them and and do quite well. So not only did I think that Ferrari was going to be the biggest letdown but i uh, i doubled down and thought science wasn't going to be able to do very well so yes um that's not that yeah it, but it, again it just reflects the fact that look in 2020 the team couldn't even put a blooming strategy together let alone you know challenge for for race wins or, or you know solid podium results so yeah and the car was a dog as well absolute dog back then yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd argue it's, it's like trying to argue that Haas is going to come in uh, fifth place or si- or fourth place, you know, in the upcoming season. It, it kind of feels like that. Yeah. So really, I think mm. that they were those predictions were both of our predictions were completely understandable. Oh, yeah. Don't judge us. <laughs> 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 but it is the whole point of this episode, which I think is what's so fun about what we're doing. Listening back is the fact that now they sound so silly. Like so much of what we said mm. sounds so silly. So that's what's so fun about it. But it shows really 
how unpredictable Formula One can be. And yeah. I think, unlike, you know, if, if you take away the, you know, anomalies such as Leicester in the Premier League, generally you'd expect the top teams to be at the top always. But I really feel like Formula One in recent years has really started to shake it up. And I think as well that we as as fans had no way of understanding what was going to happen this year even from testing and that shows how much can change between the first test date and the racing and then if they're all the way to the end of the season formula one is an evolving sport so much throughout the year because of the changes that they're allowed the progress that they're allowed to make throughout the year um there's a it just it just demonstrates that but obviously it's also hilarious so it's like a win-win to be honest <laughs> and, and, and all this change came as well without regulation change yeah i don't want to say that exactly. going to be even more so, crazy but exactly <laughs> well well at least when we make the predictions this time you know we'll it will be obviously well that doesn't make any difference because we were still wrong this year but when we do make the predictions it will be a testing when after, obviously after a lot of the changes have taken place all of the changes i believe will have taken place so we'll we'll get an idea an idea at testing of what um of what we can expect this year and if there is any major you know like shocks I remember a couple of years ago when as we discussed before when randomly racing point just were suddenly there <laughs> and were quick yeah, and were yeah. very very quick things like that we were never expecting yuki lo- yuki last year so it'll be interesting to see what what we see um in march uh constructors now i mean this isn't going to be my bold prediction but i think red bull are going to win the constructors <laughs> Because I think I, I think sort of looking at the gearbox issues that Mercedes have had, uh-huh. I don't think this is going to be sort of a huge reliability issue. But looking at that coupled with Bottas, who unfortunately, dear lad, is not up to the same standard as Hamilton, Verstappen and Sergio Perez. He will be the Albon of this season, I believe, <laughs> lagging behind um, what should be the, the top four cars. And I just think that mm. Verstappen has really come out fighting. Perez <laughs> is a vast improvement on Albon. The car's looking really punchy, so I think they'll nick it, but they will literally nick it by a couple of points. Ooh. Oh, yes, that, that is right. I thought the Red Bull would win the Constructors, but uh, Hamilton w- would win the drivers, I believe. Yeah. You were, you were, you were so close. <laughs> but yeah, just switching yeah. around. <laughs> exactly. I, I was, I was right, and it wouldn't be a, a full house for one team. But yeah. um, as you, as you say, the wrong, the uh, wrong way around. And to be honest, Tom, I think that's quite good because we all predict. I think, if I recall, predicted that it would be Mercedes for both championships, and so mm. you were, I believe, the only one who took that step and said it was the wrong one but (laughs) said that red bull would would you know you chose them for one of the constructors predictions wins so yeah good on you i think in a sense they probably did stand a chance but it for me they switched attention to max winning the championship because that obviously was the priority for them and that then never never really happened but i don't think you all you could have been completely incorrect in the sense that if things have gone different ways, I think they they can t- potentially could have. If if you know Bottas wasn't having the strongest year, Perez was having a reasonably strong year at times. He obviously we discussed before he let us down on occasions, but mm. I, I don't I don't think it's outrageous. But obviously looking back now, it's quite entertaining in the sense that you were so mm. close but just so wrong as well. 
I think, yeah, I, in that regard, I was, you know, pretty close. But I think, I'm not sure if you heard earlier in the clip, I said that uh, Bottas would be the Albon of this season, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is quite insulting, to say wow. the very least, because he had a bit of a, a, you know, quite a decent season for all intents and purposes compared to Perez. But, um, but yeah, I, I do feel that Red Bull probably did have the better car. But as you say, Liv, they were so, uh, you know, intent on... Verstappen winning the drivers that I think they somewhat sacrificed uh, the constructors for for good or for bad in many ways and you know uh, Mercedes as well I think brought their A game in the last few races which um, meant the gap in that uh, championship was um, null and void shall we say between the two of them so it's not an awful one but um, it could have been better. No, yeah. and there were even there are moments that this year where I thought maybe uh, Red Bull could storm ahead in the in the championship during when Max Verstappen was having a sort of top run. Um, of of wins, especially when in, in the middle of the season, around sort of the Silverstone time, then legitimately because of the problems with Bottas, you know, we come off Monaco where they Mercedes hadn't done particularly well because of the you know Bottas's uh, longest pit stop in the world, which is uh, still going oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, actually, do you know what? It, Red Bull might win the constructors this year, but no. You know, apparently that wasn't going to happen. They just did enough, um, pipped them at the post. But I, I don't. I would say that at that actually, that's a pretty close uh, prediction to something that could definitely have swung that way this year. Um, it was, mm. yeah, it was not outrageous at all. Um, although I think it was quite outrageous at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Straight up. <laughs> well, I, I see the bigger surprise being that Ocon will beat Alonso handsomely. Handsomely. In the inter-team fight to Alpine. Um, put in a lot of hard yards, or should I say laps, um, with testing. And looking at the fact that Alonso's been away from the sport for so long, he's almost going to be playing catch-up, I think, to Ocon, who, if it weren't for a few reliability issues uh, at Renault, he'd have done far better last season. And he's a, a young driver with a bit of steel and fire in his belly so yeah yeah he does have steel and fire in his belly um yeah uh, we saw some great moments from from ocon we do at least we forget he won a race and uh also he helped um alonso i suppose get a, a podium position in uh qatar so yeah but you know it, it was definitely an option for him to, to win mm. fortunately he didn't though um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, when I said handsomely, I actually meant in track position. And, uh, uh, well, he won a he, he won a race win. and Alonso didn't. So um. <laughs> I think to be fair to you, Tom, I do think and I, well maybe not just and I can't fully remember, but me in, in particular and yourself, I do think we underestimated Alonso coming into the season. We did discuss this in past yeah. episodes. We all yeah. did Straight in up. the sense that we didn't know what to expect. He was returning. He's obviously a lot older, and we've had our thoughts about whether there should be a youngster in the seat but and i think that may have tainted what how we saw him but and really he had i was very impressed i was very impressed with him this year and and i i don't think it would have been uh, i i completely agree with the fact that from before the season begun that ocon might have been him and it's worth noting that he was only one place above him in the in the drivers championship like you weren't way off just like earlier i yeah. we spoke about seven lance or like we heard ourselves speaking about seven lance like they were only one away from each other as well so i think um it, the old versus young sort of master versus rookie style i think we were we were close and i don't fully like 
I'm not judging you too hard for that prediction. But I, for me, it was just the word handsomely. <laughs> it was just the way that you're like, he will be him handsomely, yep. as if handsomely it might be it this, might be hundreds of this. points sort of thing. But I can't I can't <laughs> really comment when I also made very similar comments about Fernando back back at the start of last season. So, it, yeah, no worries. I, I will. You'll forgive him for that one as well. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Once again, my, the wording of it has um, <laughs> foiled me somewhat. But uh, but you're right, yeah. As you say, going into this, we didn't think Alonso was going to be up to much, you know, largely because of the injury that he had going into testing, the fact that he missed a lot of it, and the lack of experience he had, had in recent Formula 1. Yeah, Ocon did show his worth. Um, you know, he showed that in a more reliable car, he had the ability to win a race on his day. But... Um, yeah, the wording really did bite me there. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, and it was, you know, Ocon's, Ocon should be incredibly proud of actually how well he did the season. Um, you know, getting 74 points, you know, oh, yeah. under normal circumstances. Yeah. It would have been an absolutely, you know, mega performance, especially for, um, you know, something like like the Renault. Um, and in this case, the, the Alpine um, car. Like, it's just... <laughs> I. It, you know, last year, for example, or the year before, rather, you know, he only got 62 points. So, you know, that's an extra extra 12 points he's brought to the table this year. Just shows you how, how well he's done. So, to be fair to the Alpine slash, you know, Renault, um, it, that he did really well. But Alonso this year was just incredibly naughty when it came to things like track limits and fighting people that you shouldn't really be <laughs> fighting with or whatever. You know, and, and Alonso, Alonso is, is such an ultimate find a spot and then stay there yeah. sort of thing the amount of drs yeah. trains that we saw this year that was just alonso with basically half the pack up his you know driving up his tail being like how the hell do i get past this guy um he was such an influence on the race for example that um when when mercedes or red bull were pitting their drivers you know they would have to bring him you know max or lewis out in front of alonso in front of that drs train because if he gets stuck behind alonso you just can't get past i mean let's not forget that um lewis hamilton got stuck behind alonso um when we were in imola so it, it, it happens and it's you know, it's just one of those things where I think we all forgot how good Alonso actually is yeah. when the car isn't, you know, rubbish and it doesn't have a GP2 engine. I'm going to not only bet that George is going to get points, but I think Nicholas Tifi's going to get a point. Ooh, that'd be nice. And it was nice. What an amazing moment, honestly, for, for Williams. I think that we all hoped for some good stuff for them this year. But I think when making the prediction of Nicholas scoring points, as well as even George scoring points, which in itself was a massive thing, it was a slightly comical... It was received in quite a comical way, I seem I can tell yeah. from the listening yeah. back. And so now it almost feels... What's weird is how quickly it went from feeling insane that they could possibly do it to by the end of the season it wasn't actually that weird and it shows what they've achieved this season and you know with obviously George at the helm but also the solid drives that we've seen Nicholas Latifi achieve and the points that they've both scored for the team that means so much and it's such a family orientated team it is honestly so it's so good and so I'm actually very very happy not just I'm not just smug about that prediction because I'm right but I'm also smug about the fact that it's very wholesome and I'm very glad that it happened, but and I just hope that it continues into next year. Mm. 
definitely a Williams believer. I, oh, yeah. I was a Williams believer at that time as well. And, you know, actually, definitely, you're right. The first time he got points, it was like, ah, this is the most nuts thing. Yeah. And then, of course, by the end of it, you're like, oh, look, you know, oh, Georgie's in, you know, ninth place yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he's getting another point. Nicholas, though, mm. um, I am really pleased he actually did get point, um, you know, get points this year uh, just because it just... It just means everything for the team when you're no longer 10th, you're 8th. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, yeah. it's like, oh, who'd want to be an 8th? But sometimes the, the most celebrated victories are the little ones. Yeah. And, and for Williams, it was picking themselves up and doing things this year, like being on the podium. You know, they did get a podium this year. It, <laughs> Somehow. It blows the mind. Obviously, we know that that might not have been the case if the race had taken place, but... <laughs> Definitely wouldn't but, have. <laughs> but, you know, you take it as it was, and the, the fact is that there was a podium, and what an amazing moment for everyone involved. So, you know, I'm happy with that one. Um, you know, George Russell getting a podium for, for the team that gave him the Formula One drive. You know, just that must be a magical moment for him. So, mm. yeah, you know, that's a that's a good shout mm. there, Liv. Thank you. And the fact is, as you say, it wasn't just George Russell getting the points. Latifi chipping in as well. I mean, it shows, as we say, that it's not just t- uh, Team George Russell um, that was now that he's he's left. Um, there is some real optimism and you know substantial, substantiated uh, evidence-based some as well, considering that Latifi's been there for so long and. Um, and if memory serves me correctly as well, I think I even said that Williams would outscore Haas, which looking at it now is bleedingly obvious. Uh, Williams <laughs> were excellent, and uh, getting eighth in the constructors. Meanwhile, Haas were nowhere near the points firmly on the, the back two spaces of the grid. But at the start of the season, the idea that Williams could beat Haas was um, a 50-50 to say the very least. You know, It was not a guarantee that Williams would have scored the amount of points they've done, let alone any points at all. And we thought that Haas would be somewhat competitive, not in the points, but at least on a par with Alfa Romeo, how, how they've done this season. So I think it really does show, once again, as we've been speaking about in the last section of this episode, how well Williams have done. And how unexpected that was, really. But um, I'll allow you to go and find that in the depths of testing one, two, three, if you really want to cross-check me saying that. But um, the last ten minutes or so, I'm sure it's in there. So happy, happy searching. And so ends another episode of F1 in Review, and indeed the 2021 series looking at this season of the sports. We are taking a mini break now, and we will return at the start of March to look back at testing for the 2022 season. Also to look at the liveries and indeed make our very bold predictions if last uh, prediction episode is anything to go by for the upcoming season. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Indeed, if you've listened to any, uh, any episodes before this do of course follow us on social media at f1 in review all one word hit follow on your platform where you're listening to this podcast on Acast, podfollow spotify apple podcast whatever we'd love to have your subscription all free of course so we hope you've enjoyed this series we'll be back after a short break and um we'll see you on the other side keep safe oh that was great that was lovely That was lovely. Now to have a little hibernation for a few weeks.